0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host Shelby Shear here with
0: Jason Shear.
1: And we are here to discuss Arizona men's basketball. Maybe a little women's basketball, and our uh, basically it's our season wrap-up.
0: Yeah, we're going to go into detail about a lot of topics over the next few weeks, but this is kind of just wrapping everything in a bow. And we know there's a mailbag. We'll do that later in the week. We'll do some football stuff as well because spring football is underway. But we kind of figured that it would be, um, you know, we, we got to wrap up the season a little bit.
1: And clearly we didn't do a podcast after Arizona uh, men lost in the NCAA tournament. Not just because we were in different cities. I was in jail. Jason was in Sacramento. Um, And I I had a big event in Marana. There was just like a lot going on. But also just to kind of give it a little time to breathe so we could actually talk rationally.
0: And you guys got to understand my style. This is something that I always do. When uh, Arizona loses in the NCAA tournament, I got the F out of there. So I literally booked a 6 a.m. flight. I tried to get a flight out, like, from the stadium, where I would just... (laughs) Did you want the CIA to
1: pick you up from the stadium? Where
0: basically I rolled to the hotel, grabbed my luggage, and get out. But I couldn't do that, so I got on a 6 a.m. flight. The next day... Get me out of here. I'm out. I did that years ago. The last time I did that was when Arizona lost to Buffalo. I took a 5.30 flight. Because I, I don't like your town anymore, Sacramento. It's just going to be the way it is.
1: Papa Shear went in and picked up Jason from Sky Harbor. And Jason doesn't even remember any of that, apparently. So uh, we're back together, and we've got some perspective. And there's been developments, you know, obviously just even since Arizona lost, um, getting out of the first weekend. There were a lot of other big losses that kind of made us feel a little better. <laughs> like... Purdue, but um, anyway, there's no point in doing a deep dive into the loss against Princeton, uh, but what are your thoughts on the performance?
0: Yeah, so, you know, it, March Madness is very different than the regular season because, um, you know, in, in March, like there's a feeling that comes with certain games and you could feel an upset brewing. And then what happens is you get to a certain point And all the fans in attendance are rooting for that upset to happen. And the thing I notice, and I say this during the regular season, but I I especially mean it in March, is when you have the opportunity to put a team away and you don't do it, uh, bad things are likely to happen. And Arizona went on a few runs against Princeton and then gave it up real quick. And at like the five-minute mark or whatever, when Princeton is in the game, very much in the game, Um, you're kind of saying, oh, crap. And, you know, it just—it was one of Arizona's worst performances of of the season. The defense wasn't awful. Now, keep in mind, Princeton wasn't hitting, so that helped. But anytime you allow 59 points in a game, you expect to win. And if I told you that Princeton shot 40% from the field and scored 59%, and I would have handed you those stats before the game, you would have told me that Arizona won by 20 points. Um, It was just... A, a bad embarrassing performance um it's not the worst loss in school history but it, it's up there and you know I I don't know if I'm feel better because Princeton beat the crap out of Missouri that kind of just confirms what I said before the game which is that I wanted Missouri to beat Utah State because I, I think Arizona would have rather would have beaten Missouri easily as well it's a small team that doesn't defend but um you know it, it just kind of leading into the the next question, I, I felt Princeton was more prepared. I felt Princeton played harder. I felt Princeton had a better game plan than Arizona. Um, it was, you know, yes, Arizona is a better team than Princeton. I don't think anyone would argue otherwise. But on that day, Princeton was absolutely the better team than Arizona.
1: Okay. So what bothered you the most about that loss?
0: It was very lackadaisical on Arizona's part. Princeton had a great game plan. Uh, I thought Mitch Henderson, and against Missouri too, he's clearly a good coach, knows what he's doing. But he basically did what a lot of teams did when Arizona struggled this year, which is you sag off, you shut down the paint, and Arizona doesn't have the guards to break guys off the dribble or get in the paint, so they're strictly a jump shooting team at that point. And... You can get away with that if you have the guards in the wings to get away with that. But if you don't, it's pretty much game over. Kirk Kreisa didn't play well, and I know he's getting a lot of heat. But Courtney Ramey didn't play well. Um, Cedric Henderson was invisible. Pella Larson didn't play well. And, and so there's only so much that Azulis and Umar could do. And Umar's hand is really messed up. I don't know if he's going to need surgery, um, but it I don't think people realize how hurt he really was. Um, I do respect the fact that he was adamant with me off record, on record, whatever, not to use the injury as an excuse that I could write about it, but he did not want it to be an excuse. But like even with Azulis, when it, they sagged off to the point where you know he, he was aggressive early in the game, he had spin moves, he looked great, he looked like he was going to have a 40-point game. And then he just started settling for those 15-foot jump shots that weren't going in. And then he got flustered and wound up turning the ball over too much. And, you know, I, I know people point to his defense, but it wasn't so bad that that's the reason why Arizona lost. I mean, to me, when I look at the game, you know, the one play that happened, Caden Pierce, when he got the ball that was on the ground and called Princeton's last timeout with four minutes to go, whatever, that play was right in front of me. And he was the only guy on the floor going for the ball. And it's weird because like when you watch Arizona practice, they actually have a drill where a manager or whatever, an assistant coach will roll the ball down the court and two Arizona players have to sprint and dive for the ball and pass it to a streaking teammate. So they practice diving on the ground. It's not like, you know, they don't even talk about it. Tommy Lloyd practice it. It's a big drill The you know, everyone's cheering, dive, dive, dive and all that. And then you get to a game and, and guys just aren't diving. And I don't know if they don't want to pick up a foul or whatever, but there is no excuse. And I think what bothers me the most is, you know, after the game talking to Kirk Creasy, he's like, it's crazy. They wanted it more. Uh, the only other time I've heard an Arizona player say that in the NCAA tournament was that Buffalo loss when Parker said they, it, it, we just, we didn't have the energy. But even then, you know, part of it was uh, you talking to assistant coaches and the Buffalo loss, they were like, we fought against the FBI, we fought against ESPN. We fought against our coach getting fired. We just ran out of fight. Like it was a, it, it just all hit us at once where it was like, you know what? We're tired of fighting. And Buffalo took it to them this season. There's no, we're tired of fighting. There's no excuse for that. You got out hustled by Princeton, and that's what Princeton and Ivy League schools and mid majors even. You look around, and and you look around at the upset. These mid majors will always play hard. This is their Super Bowl. This is it for them. They don't get another opportunity most of the time. So, you, like, you look at Purdue, you mentioned Purdue. Purdue didn't want to shoot the last five minutes of the game. Not one dude wanted the ball. Meanwhile, Fairly Dickinson is like, heck, yeah, we'll shoot from wherever we get the ball. Because they don't care. There's no pressure. And Arizona didn't deal with the pressure of winning very well. It also shut down at the end of the game. But the biggest thing is Princeton wanted it more. For Princeton, and Princeton's a very good defensive rebounding team, but Arizona is big and athletic, and there's no excuse to getting out-rebounded by Princeton. There's no excuse to scoring 55 points against Princeton. It was a matter of effort, and, and the biggest thing that bothered me is that it just felt like Arizona's effort wasn't there, and you could blame it on the coaching staff and the players because you got to find a way to want a game in March because if you don't want a game in March, you're in the wrong sport.
1: Dang. Okay, well, moving forward, what do you think Arizona needs more of, and how does it address those issues?
0: So, I don't know if that question made sense when I wrote it. but Yeah, I just read it off the page Right. my Uh yeah. So, the, well, the issues is that we talked about with the effort. And, look, to me, the, the, there's two things Arizona needs more of. Number one is it needs a guard that can take a guy off a dribble. You know, I think Arizona may have thought they had that with Courtney Ramey, but they didn't. Ramey was pretty much a jump shooter. A good one at that, but he was pretty much a jump shooter. And Against Princeton, we saw it. He became a jump shooter. They need someone that could break a guy down off a dribble. When you look at the tournament, most, if not all, of the teams left have a guy like that. If they don't have a guy like that, they're super good on defense. That makes up for it. But... You know, you take a look, even like UCLA, Amari Bailey the other night was taking guys off the dribble. Tiger Campbell was taking guys off the dribble and getting in the lane. You need someone where if the space isn't necessarily there, they go and they find the space. Florida Atlantic has multiple guys like that. Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue to in large part to somehow they had more guys like that on Fairleigh Dickinson than they did Purdue. Xavier has Suley Boom, who's uh, awesome at it. You know, Texas has Rice and and Carr. And, you know, you take a look at at every team. Gonzaga has guys. And they have dudes that could break you off a dribble and make plays happen off the dribble. And Arizona doesn't have that. They didn't really have it last year either. As good as Dalen and Ben were, it was a different, you know, it was a different force kind of. Um, And I think they need toughness. Like, it really bothers me when... A player says they wanted it more. It is my pet peeve. I have difficulty as a coach allowing you to play for me if you're admitting that you're not playing as hard as the other team. And I don't think it was just a Kurt Kreese issue. It's a multiple player issue. Um, you, it's just a, you're, you're you got to find a dog, an mfer. And you know, I was talking to someone the other day. And, you know, again, this isn't like a bashing Kirk of podcast, but James Akinjo, never have to worry about his effort level. He's not getting punked. He's not getting, you're not getting into him mentally. Kadeem Allen, no way. Mark Lyons, no way. These are the guys where they may not be the prettiest point guard or whatever, but you know that when things get tough, they're not backing down at all. They're doing the opposite. They're raising to the challenge. And Arizona... Needs, whether it's portal or recruiting, needs to find more of those guys that are going to dive on the ball, that are going to talk of the shit, but back it up at the same time. If you talk it, you better be able to handle it coming back. And, And I think that's Arizona's biggest issue, whether it's recruiting or portal. They need to be able to find those guys.
1: Well, we've talked about this extensively in the car when we watch games. We have talked about this on this podcast. There is a distinct lack of leadership. And it, it goes hand in hand with the idea of the dog of you need that mf You need the potster. That's fine. But that person also needs to be a leader. And it, you need to have it dispersed amongst several people. But then you have one night where someone's not playing well. That's okay. We've got this other guy. Arizona used to have that really under loot. Sean Miller was good about that. Um, We've lost that in the recruiting process. I don't know if it's a European thing. There needs to be a better blend, I think, in the recruiting process of, like, get that guy off the courts in the Bronx. Get that kid, you know, off the the court in L.A. You need some street hustle. You need that person to blend with that European refinement.
0: And, look, like, TJ McConnell isn't the most athletic guy no, nope. he's not the best shooter, but he is that dude. He And is... I will never forget when he got into a five-star forwards face at Stanley Johnson and ripped him up because the effort level or whatever it was, wasn't there. And when the going got tough against Princeton, there wasn't a player that was saying, you're accountable. Die for that ball. Like if TJ was on the team and no one died for that ball, I could only imagine what he would be saying to his other players. They're
1: like almost like another coach. Like they're your mentor. They're, you know, your other coach they're looking up to. And that can be a freshman. It's, a, it's an attitude. It's a swag. It's someone coming in and saying like, I don't care that you're a five-star player. I think I respect your game. But you will be part of this team and you will hustle.
0: I mean, look at a guy like Marquis Dull on, on Kansas State. He's 5'8 on a good day. But he's a tough dude. And he may be five A, but he plays six four. And and that's where you know, that's the type of guy even Drew Timmy on Gonzaga, yeah. who's a big, he's not a guard, but he's he's not letting you talk crap to him. You're not out toughing him, you're not pushing him around. He is a tough dude. And I just felt like this year especially the Arizona became easy to scout at the end of the year. We're gonna be tougher than them. We're gonna get in their heads and, and they're not gonna be able to deal with it.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, Well, are there any personnel updates in terms of guys leaving yet?
0: I I think we could hear some things this week. It's not a guarantee. Um, You know, I I believe that Arizona legitimately doesn't know. I I think that Arizona is going to go into these player meetings and talk with these guys and kind of figure it out from there. I would be surprised. And this is just me personally talking. I would be surprised if the whole court returns, if Kerr, Zoo, all those guys, that would surprise me. I'm in Adema Ball, Philly B. If all those guys come back, that would surprise me just because that's the nature of college basketball. Um, You know, and and I would not be surprised if Arizona lost Kerr and Zoo and Adema. And like, that wouldn't surprise me. But, um, you know, I don't know. I I really don't. I think that there's conversations, you know, like a guy like Kerr, does he come back willing to maybe give more money, minutes, money, Minutes to Boswell, can they play together? Is he willing to play off the ball a little bit more? What does that look like? What are you willing to give us? This is what we're willing to give you. Not financially, just in terms of playing time and role and all that. In those conversations, you know, even to Bellas. You come back, what do you, you know, if you're coming back, you better work on improving on defense. But if you do that, also, what is the upside in coming back? Are you who you are? If you are, maybe you want to go get paid now. I don't think you're getting drafted, but... You can go overseas and make a crap load of money and play there forever. These are the types of conversations that are going to go on. And and I I, I would be surprised if, if these things dragged out because I, I think it does both parties a disservice if it does.
1: All right. And can Arizona bring back this core and still have success next season?
0: I think a lot of it depends on how they replace Ramey and Henderson. My gut says that you know, it it would be the same deal. I think they could absolutely put together a strong regular season, and if they get the wrong matchup in the postseason with toughness or whatever it may be, they'll lose early again. They need to find a way to upgrade an athleticism. Um, You know, I'm not a fan of saying which guys I would run off and stuff like that. I'm not going there, but I do think there would need to be tinkering with the roster in terms of the type of player that they bring in and all that, because if they bring in the wrong player, Um, or a player that is limited in certain areas like athleticism, toughness, leadership, whatever it may be, we're in the same exact spot here next year.
1: And then that's really on Tommy at that point. Because that's year three that we're seeing stagnation instead of growth. So, um, the women, Arizona women, also had their season end with a loss to Maryland. What do you take away from that performance?
0: Well, Brielle was angry.
1: Burrell was very upset.
0: I mean, look, the, it was pretty similar to Arizona the entire year. Like, when they needed buckets, there was no one to go out and get them buckets. Um, Maryland was a good team, very fast in transition, and really feasted on Arizona's lack of offense. If Arizona missed, they got the rebound. They ran down. Score. If Arizona got some turnovers, they took advantage of the transition points and all that. Uh, Maryland is just a better team than Arizona. Arizona you had the one really they the first quarter was bad. They recovered in the second quarter. The third quarter was wild bad. I mean it was it looked like they didn't even really belong bad. on the same court. And once that happened it was over. But yeah, I you know, like that loss wouldn't upset me as much as the men's loss because Maryland was favored. Arizona. A lot. Arizona beat West Virginia. It was supposed to beat West Virginia. Arizona was supposed to lose to Maryland and it lost to Maryland.
1: It's just odd how everyone this year on the men and the women's team, like on the nights that they lost frequently was like a breakdown of many people. Yeah. It was just, it's it's odd this year to have that happen so consistently.
0: Like Kate Reese showed up against Maryland. She had a great game. Time, but then Shayna played awful. But there
1: have been other nights where Kate had a, this season, terrible yeah. night. And then Shayna might have had a good night, but she just couldn't drag very, the team with her.
0: There was very rarely that game where everyone showed up. Yeah.
1: So that's something that Adia... Obviously, needs to work on too, and Tommy as well. So, um, well, same question for the men. Moving forward, what would you like to see?
0: I think Adia's biggest mistake this year was that she didn't go with enough youth. That yeah, there were that's people true. on her bench that I didn't think got enough minutes. I don't think Paris Clark.
1: Paris was good. I don't
0: think Kaylin Gilbert. I don't think they got enough minutes. Adia has no choice. Shane has gone. Kate's gone. She's bringing in Brea Cunningham. Um, she's bringing in, uh, God, the name escapes me, but she's awesome. Jada Williams, the point guard. And I, you know, I think Arizona women, they, they need a, a part, a point guard. I think that was one, like, I like Shayna, but she doesn't, she's not a point guard to me. She doesn't facilitate the offense like a, a girl like Jada, but they got Jada, they got Brea, uh, do is going to be eligible playing more. There's a youth movement. You're going to see similar to the men, but you're going to see that increase in speed and athleticism there's no reason why the offense shouldn't be significantly better next season with that youth movement and so that's what i want to see i don't want to see dia go out and get a bunch of people from the transfer portal and kind of mess with the chemistry because the chemistry was off this year i know that from watching and i know that from other sources, sources. Um, i don't think that's the right way it's go get complimentary pieces from the transfer portal and play your younger players more than you did this season
1: Okay, well, we did it. I know everyone was waiting for a podcast at our concert in the courtyard last Thursday. I had Justin, who was attending the event, came up to me and asked how you were doing and what the podcast tone was going to be like. And I said, honestly, uh, we're probably not doing it (laughs) for several days, just so that everyone can kind of calm down a little bit, including ourselves, and kind of shake it off and not be negative Nancy's as my grandmother would say. And then, um, obviously, I do want to give a quick shout-out to our friend of the show, Andre Veras, who came to Miranda Founders Day, and he also asked me how the podcast was going to go. So you guys have it now. We've delivered, and there's a lot of really good content coming up because we have a mailbag, as Jason mentioned, and obviously my favorite. We will be having, hopefully, a football one soon. Uh, Spring practices ongoing. This is week two. And uh, things are looking pretty good from what it sounds like. So I'm excited. Yay.
0: Thank Just, you for joining us, everybody.
1: Thank you. Bear down.
0: One thing we want to end this podcast by welcoming Mike Luke back home.
1: Welcome home, Mike. We miss you.
0: It took Mike forty seven hours to get home from Sacramento. He's now a permanent resident of Sacramento. Multiple
1: canceled flights, but lost we're, luggage. We're proud
0: of Mike. No we're, sleep. We're proud of his parents for taking care of baby Mike. Thank, Thank you. you. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.